Welcome to The Kindness Project, the podcast designed to share stories of kindness and share how kindness can make positive change in our world, one small act. In this week's episode of The Kindness Project, we'll talk about bingo, pottery, and the part two of our interview with Tanvir and her sisters from the Five Diamonds Mentorship. Good morning, afternoon, evening, welcome to The Kindness Project. I'm joined by a girl who dragged me to drag bingo, and a, and a, and a man who finds coding a lot of fun. It's Charlotte and Russell Danes. How are we doing, chaps? That's not about how we're doing. I wonder where we're all about drag bingo. Well, I got got perhaps the biggest compliment in my, my, well, last week. I've had the biggest compliment I've ever had last week. What is that? Your careless good looks. The uh, the drag queen said to me, "Do you want to share it with us, or should I share it with us?" Yeah, you do it. Tell us. Yes, you do remember what it was because I've reminded you about twelve times since last <laughs> night. Um, she said, uh, "Basically, have you ever been to drag bingo, Russ? Oh no. So drag bingo is bingo, which I'm not too keen on. But every uh, time they pull out a uh, um, a number." Uh, it comes with a song, and it's all quite entertaining. It's a bit more of a show than bingo. Um, it was really good fun, and and everybody was getting involved and having a laugh, yeah, doing a bit it. of dancing. And hey, help me understand: is it men dressed as women doing bingo? No, it's a drag queen running a bingo game. Well, a drag queen is typically a man dressed as a woman. Though, That's isn't well, it? my understanding. It wasn't. So, so our one was a woman dressed as a drag queen. Drag queen. I see. I didn't realise. No, you can. Yeah. Well, I didn't realise drag queen. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, I, I was going to ask you about that. Actually, I didn't have the chance because I thought yeah, it was no, a woman. Dressing a lot of woman and more of like elaborate, the, flamboyant. It's yeah, the fashion of yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so we had a drag queen who was a woman dressed as a slightly more flamboyant woman, <laughs> um, but she was brilliant. Wasn't yeah. she? she was really good. But anyway, so the number five comes out in drag bingo, Rouse. Yeah, the pop band five. Yeah, comes on. And she points to me and says, and tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we've got one of the ex-members of Five. <laughs> now, they they were all good-looking chats, right? was it? Um, <laughs> I don't know, because I don't know any of the members of Five. Um, Anthony Costa was one. There was a black guy, I wasn't there? Five um, before last night. <laughs> Sorry, are you hearing this? Russ, what if I have seen? If you've got the feeling, John, but the... come on, no. we all know five. We all know five. I know all five. I'm aware of their work. I'm, yeah. I'm aware of their work. Um, but yeah, so so that, that was the compliment I got. But we had a great time. <clears throat> we had an amazing yeah. time. So I don't know how drag bingo goes down. Oh, in is that where you were? Yesterday afternoon. Yeah. So tell Rose what else we did. So we um we went and did some pottery painting. Um, 
my fingers were incredibly messy and very, Ooh. very blue. You said you wanted to do pottery painting in a little while back, didn't you? Oh no, you did do pottery painting. I, I did, I did pottery painting Glasgow. Yeah. Uh, and then I dragged Dad to one down here. And he did a beautiful beach scene with trees or metal pipes. I don't remember what you said they were. Trees and metal pipes. Did you get to take on the pot? Well, it, it's got to go in the kiln. So once it goes in the kiln, then we've got to go and pick it up in a couple of weeks. Um, but yeah, so we'll, we'll see how they come out. But they, uh, it was a, I you know what, I think, I don't know how you find or you've done anything like this. I find just doing arty, created stuff. Pottery, quite I, love, I love a bit of pottery. Yeah. Yeah. You, have, you, have you and Kelly got a, a wheel, like no, ghost no. stuff? Oh, my love. Is that, is that what we're talking I, about? I apologise, audience, for his... No. Uh... I'm, a, I'm not more of a great Brits guy. So, yeah, you talk to me while I'm doing me pottery and I smash your... Say, we were saying actually yesterday, because we, where we did it, I mean, we were all over London yesterday. We went west and then north and then back east again. Yeah. Um, the place we did it was in uh, Kentish Town. Oh, yeah. And um, it was quite a, quite a nice area, Kentish Town, wasn't it? But we were saying, what would we class be like? Uh, be like and my assumption was that if you didn't like it you just smash it all about do you know what yeah. i mean that's that's what happened but yeah so your your version's what have you never seen the green bricks advert where she says to him i didn't pay no commission on my on setting my house and he smashes uh he smashes a vase uh, a purple bricks you mean ah uh, purple bricks I don't know what Greenbrooks is. I don't know what Greenbrooks is. So, tell me, uh, I, see, when you're talking about the catharsism of coding, I get that. Because, like, that then, you're in a flow state, aren't you? You're in, like, you're no, just... Both... It's not so much that. I think, I think there's a challenge in coding. Even though I'm quite competent, there's still a challenge. Yeah, um, yeah. Like like I said to you at the beginning of the year when I when I took a step back from Sabello and doing the bookings and that, there was no challenge in that. And so um, you enter into a into a state where you're sort of doing samey things all the time. Um for for me I need a challenge to keep me sort of interested. Something that yeah, uh, activate my mind and make me question what I'm doing. Well, that 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 flow state, I get that with writing, I think. That flow state is really important, yeah, actually. And we need that. Uh, we were talking about it yesterday, wasn't it? You need that. Like, I think you need that. If it's too easy and too comfortable, yeah. it's actually not enjoyable because you you get settled in the comfort zone, but actually comfort all the time isn't particularly good for our mental health. We need a bit I, of... I'm, I'm like, finding chilling. that. Yeah, yeah. Finding that more recently that, that I need something different. Yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> oh, oh, hello. That's uh, why like a cat's being killed, Daniel, mate. <laughs> <laughs> 
that Tony Charlotte. Charlotte's going to give us some kindly snow dress. I just gave it to you then. Oh, you meant the song. I love the song. Small acts of kindness are frequent and universal fine study. A lift with the shopping, sharing the household chores, or simply making a cup of tea for someone. We often lend a hand without giving it a second thought, so is it possible that we are inherently kind? Maybe so, according to a new study, which revealed how small gestures of kindness are both frequent and universal across a range of cultures, from European towns to rural villages in the global south. Researchers led by the University of California poured over 40 hours of video footage recording moments in the everyday lives of 350 people in diverse locations, from England to Ecuador, Laos to Laos to Australia. They helped. They looked for moments when one person signalled for help when struggling with a small task, for example, and received it from another, discovering that on average people ask for help every two minutes. More often than not, 79% of the time, they get it. This was consistent across cultures and was influenced by the relationship between the individuals involved. The study found that people provided assistance without explanation, while those who refused a request offered a specific reason 74% of the time, suggesting they only, they only refused to help when they have a valid reason. Researchers focused on a small, low-cost decision, with lead author and UCLA sociologist Giovanni Rossi pointing out that high-cost exchanges are often shaped by cultural influences, such as rules of established protocol. But, he concluded, the findings suggest that being helpful is simply part of human nature. When we zoom in on the micro-level of social interaction, cultural difference mostly goes away, and our species' tendency to give help when needed becomes universally visible, he said. Love that. And I, 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 I 100% agree. I think when... Like, interestingly, this conversation around, like, they, that there's this, like, argument that I, like, I don't subscribe to, and it's because it's a mistranslation of the research where people talk about um, survival of the fit, fittest and this individualistic culture. And the reality is, you humans have evolved to help each other. Well, that, that's why we've thrived as a species, because we are collaborative kind. I agree with that. But there, there is a certain element to you you have to survive, and it is survival in the fittest. But in effect, you can't survive. Yeah, survival the, survival the you, can't, fittest. you can't survive on your own. No matter exactly. how you are, you can't survive on your own. Exactly. exactly. Survival, it's interesting. Survival of the fittest means survival. Like, it doesn't mean fittest. It means survival of the skills and attributes that you need to yeah. do the you know, do the best in the world. And actually, collaboration, helping each other, working to- together. And we, we know that, I, mean, I, I wrote about it, oh, I haven't read the book yet, well, I better do that. We, I wrote about it in the Kindness Project book. Yeah. You, look the, you look at the chemicals that get released in your body when you just oh, help. Oh, without a doubt. Without um, a doubt. I love helping people because of the way it makes me feel. Exactly, exactly. So, so just a realisation of that chemical impact and the fact that it makes us feel good. I think is 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 an absolutely brilliant thing to do. So thank you for sharing that article. I want to move on to the interview now. We've got part two of the uh, interview with the Five Diamonds 
Tanvir and all of her amazing sisters. Um, uh, I, I love what these guys are doing because they, what they're doing is helping the next generation work out what their lives are going to look like by giving them some really important career guidance. If you've not what, uh, listened to episode uh, the last episode yet, that was part one of these interviews, please feel free to go back and visit that and enjoy part two. Mm. Yeah. So, so I suppose I suppose the big question then is if you had a magic wand, what would you change about the education system to make it more relevant? You know, I think um, yeah, that, that's quite a trick question as to what you would change in the education system. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's really interesting. So the reason I the reason I ask that is because. I, I, I try Sorry, can you just mute your... Thank you. I, I, because I can hear the feedback. I, I, I think I'd change. I don't, I'd be interested in your insight on it, Charlotte. I think I'd make education potentially a bit more practical. Um, and look at the, the, um, look at, I'll give you an example. One of the things that we do uh, uh, in our business is sponsor a classroom of kids through a financial education program. Um, and we did that a few years ago, um, went back to the school the following year, and they said that we haven't got the scope in the syllabus to now deliver financial education this year for the kids. Um, and I think, you know, a- academia is super important, but I, I do wonder whether we get the balance right between, you know, business skills and I don't know is the answer yeah I totally agree I totally agree and I think we've had this conversation before in the past with all five of us where um you know that kind of um model where it's kind of like an apprenticeship yeah so it's not just all theory you are actually putting a lot of it into practical places especially for the, the more practical jobs um, you know, I mean, sort of five years for medicine and dentistry, it's, it's a lot of years, you know, it's a lot of years, but um, yeah. it's, yeah, yeah, I think we have had this um, discussion before, sort of, yeah, sort of more, more sort of practical based um, learning, definitely. Yeah, and I, I think a combination of the two might be the, might be the solution, mightn't it, but, but who knows. Um, thankfully, I'm not a politician, so I haven't got to make these decisions, <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm glad for that. Now, I know, I know that people who attend your programme then join uh, the alumni, and then they get additional support. What does that support look like? Um, so, yeah, I think having the alumni part of the programme is, is an essential part of, of any organisation. Um, we have just started out, but we are you know, collecting a database of all of our students that attend the courses, um, and they have our ongoing information after they've completed the course. So it's it's kind of maintaining and continuing that relationship and communication between us and them. Yeah. Um, very much open access in this that at any point in their, you know, their, their, their training, their career, even when they've become established, it's knowing that they've got that access to us for ongoing guidance, support, um, you know, whatever it needs to be, because I think whatever profession we go into, it's important to have that buddy system and that network, because we're always going to come across challenges and, and situations where we just need to get that, you know, advice from someone. Yeah. That's not so um, it is, you know, it's, it's something that is it's fairly, you know, open. Um, and ultimately, we hope that these students are become professionals in whichever career they decide will then then 
mentors within the organization and helps to help others as, as we are aiming to do. Um, so yeah, so it's, it's more for kind of a, a general kind of access at the moment until we establish ourselves further. So two, two questions on that. What's the most surprising question a, um, a member of your uh, student body has, has asked you after the event? And how important do you think networks are when you're going into a certain profession? So I run the, the medicine courses um, and, you know, the students that come to these courses are, you know, they're, they're young, you know, they're, they're 14 onwards and, um, you know, they're very passionate, you know, some of them are very passionate about wanting to go into medicine and surgery. Um, and I would say that surprisingly, most of the questions tend not to be about what, you know, what, what's good about the, the career, but what's bad about it and what are the negative aspects of it. Okay. Um, you know, one of the, the talks we gave um, on surgery and it's very direct questions about, oh, have you ever made a mistake? Have you ever made an error? What if it does go wrong? Um, and, you know, and so I think it is important to to make sure that the information we provide is, you know, it, it's balanced and it's not just pushing a certain career, for example, medicine, but giving a balanced and honest view of what that entails and also reassuring and making sure that the students are aware that we, you know, it is important and going on to the next question the network and having that support system is so important because every profession has challenges has stresses and um you know in a time that we are in the climate that we're in now it's it's very easy to get burnt out we're seeing a lot of that in medicine dentistry and you know in, in all the professions that we're seeing around us so having that uh, ability to have that mentor within your work is is essential but also outside of work i think with yeah. people who are not involved directly so have that ability to communicate and just try and get some kind of um a sense of you know whatever situation perspective right exactly perspective i yeah. have a mentor within my own within my own hospital and i think that is something that we need to be making sure every business has because you know it's it's, it's essential to make sure we carry on you know doing the jobs that we all love without having to be uh, uh, brought down by all the stresses around us i think it's uh, that's a really interesting point isn't it because i think you know all of us but you know professionals in particular you know you can sometimes take the responsibilities you've got really seriously but also that you get stuck in your own head um, sometimes and making sure you've got that out there and, and people to help you is, is, is really important. Um, so that you made a really interesting point there about mistakes. How do you educate the, uh, if, if this is what you say, and if it's not, let me know, but how do you educate the um, students and the people who are thinking about your potential career that mistakes will happen and that's a learning opportunity? Or have you got a different perspective on that? No, I mean, um, obviously we focus it towards medicine and, you know, it's, you know, we, we um, you know, we're not all perfect. We're not perfect. Yeah. We will make yeah. We will make mistakes, we'll make errors. And I think it's important to let our students know that um, it does happen and there are certain, um, you know, there's, there is a support mechanism out there and it's, it's about being honest and keeping the integrity and asking for help and, um yeah. You know, and and it's all about ethics within medicine. You know, we we have to be transparent, but it's also about learning from that episode or that incident and making sure 
that changes are made so it doesn't happen again but but you know it's not about putting blame to someone it's it's about you know it's a team it's always a team um and we kind of pushed the whole communication and teamwork ethos around our workshops because that is essential skill to have if you want to go into these types of um, you know health related uh, professions you know and any profession um so yeah it, it's it's you know there's obviously a certain process around how how we deal with our own mistakes and errors but I think the most important message is that we accept it and we learn from it rather than putting bring, letting it bring us yeah completely get that Shona so talk to us a bit about the effects that mentoring has on your lives personally so who mentors you and and how, how has that had a positive impact on your life so I'll um I'll first talk about on the mentoring side and then obviously who mentors me so you know I've always felt passionate about helping people especially the younger generation, because, you know, Power 5DM, you know, will mentor, inspire and guide people. It gives myself, and I'm sure all my sisters as well, a, a level of personal satisfaction and fulfillment, you know, because, um, yes. you know, the career challenges which we've all been through, it's just let, it, assuring the young people, you know, that they're not alone in dealing with it. And um, we end up having strong mentoring relationship with the mentees as well and you know you actually end up caring about them and how they're doing and how they're developing um and you know i see it as a great opportunity of giving back to the community basically yeah 100 um, and i i mean i i think i might have mentioned it when we spoke last time to have here but like that act of kindness that all of you guys do you win as well right because it makes you feel that you're as giving back and doing something positive i think it's uh it's a win-win definitely you know what i, I don't just mentor through 5g i'm even at your workplace you know people i currently work with like yeah. even in the past jobs you know there's people reaching out to me who i've trained many years ago asking me for career advice for a mentor and just to think that, you know, out of everyone, they know that they reach out to you. Yeah, it's you that you have, it? Yeah, you must have quite a positive impact on them. And it's just a, it's just a good feeling, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, um, I, 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 you know, I, I, when, when that happens, I, I think it's, yeah, it's a testament to not only your professionalism, but also the fact that you're prepared. They, they know that you're prepared to help. Mm, no, definitely. Um, and like as my mentor so when I was at the stage of choosing um a career path considering accountancy I remember that it wasn't easy looking for someone or I didn't even know how to reach out to someone in that profession who I could seek advice from but you know I've, I've been lucky in a way that I didn't have to look too far for my mentors because I've got my four older sisters here you know um well that that's the interesting thing and I'd imagine because I know I know that um I know that because uh, I do my research, clearly, when I interview somebody, I've done my research. Okay. I know that the name comes from dad, doesn't it? So dad sort of... So how important is family when thinking about mentorship? And do you do you consider each other your mentors as well? Definitely. You know, so five times is mentorship. So um, our family name is Poncharatna. And in Bengali, that means five diamonds. Um, yeah. And, you know, it's like starting from our parents it's just instilled it all within us you know it's all about family orientation and yeah definitely I consider my sisters my mentor you know watching you know as I grow watching them study hard to get to where they are now um you know it's all about even though they're not in the same career industry it's you need that family network of giving you confidence you know inspiring yeah. you reminding you of what to work towards 
But it's also, in regards to the perfection, it's the attributes you need, right? And if you see that in other people doing it, you're, uh, you, it, it, it's, it's good. Um, so, um, Sarita, who's, who's your mentor and what have you benefited from? A mentor? It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tricky one and it's quite, a, maybe it's a bit of telling of the signs of, of like 20 years ago when I sort of entered um, dentistry. I think apart from our parents, which were a huge part of, you know, us sort of studying hard, you know, our, our sort of, for example, our father, which is kind of all stems from, he arrived at this country when he was 15 years old. And um, he struggled to stay in school because of the language barrier. So he dropped out of school. And so his value for education is immense. Huge, yeah. yeah. Huge, huge. And I think that was the foundation of all five of us sort of right, um, you know, studying and working hard. And, and I think without that sort of support, from our parents behind us, who knows which which, which path we would have taken. So I think everyone has potential. Every yeah. child has potential, but it's that environment and, like I said, that support support system around you that makes a huge difference. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? It's that sort of, I think you get that a lot from a lot of people who come into the UK. They yeah. realise, yeah. and people who are sort of aspiring so I'm from a really working class background yeah, but my dad exactly. said look I want you to do better yeah I want you to yeah. to aspire yeah. so yeah. that sort of nudge it was it a nudge or a push I don't know <laughs> but <laughs> was, you know what I think I think we all kind of genuinely enjoy our professions you know I think yeah. you know I think yeah. I don't know what else I would be doing if it right and even like I was, we talked before about it not defining you you know we all genuinely love what you do and love I think it. to be kind of successful in the industry you have to enjoy it yeah it, you, know, it, it, you need to have that passion um but i think also knowing that we always had that support behind us helped us take that those steps forward and yeah. um, you know like i said just just having that absolute sort of um unconditional support from our parents really did help so i would i, I would say they they are my mentors really and, and even with setting up businesses i mean our father's you know is a successful businessman so when we, we, we set up our businesses and and set, that was who i went to for advice of course, you know, of course, because exactly. it doesn't matter about the profession, you can learn from him about business, exactly. Right? Yeah. And and we still do, we still do go to him for advice from you know, on anything business related, you know, or sort of marketing or anything like that. So, yeah, yeah, love it, absolutely love it. So, me, talk to me a little bit about what the future looks like, uh, for Five Diamonds Mentorship and, and how you see the project evolving, okay? So, um we're quite a newly formed organization. I think so far we've done quite well in the courier events we've had so far. Uh, where we see ourselves in the future, I think we're planning on having a, a larger careers event um, in Manchester, I think, early next year. And um, so we're working towards that. And our aim is to bring under one roof different professionals, so more professionals than we currently have in the organization. So for that, we need to reach out to different professions nationwide, connect with them, collaborate with them to bring us all together under one roof. So in this careers networking, mentoring event, we can have students and parents and um, questions and answers and, and learning. 
So I think that's what we're looking at in the near future. But okay. also what we're looking at is at the moment, our events are specific to the locations where we live. So Newcastle, Manchester and London. What we want to do is to um, reach out to nationwide, basically, to different cities across the UK um, and different professions. At the moment, again, we're limited to the professions that we're in, but we, you know, the students are interested in different professions. So again, we want yeah. to reach out to other different professions. And to do that, we need the word to get out there, that we're here for an organisation, we're looking for collabor collaboration with different professionals in different regions, come and join us, help us in what we're doing, and let's all pay back together. Love it. So. Absolutely love it. Thank you for that. It's a great, um, that's a great answer. And I suppose, I suppose one of the things uh, we want to do on the Kindness Project is help you showcase that work, right? That's, that's the reason we're here. So who are you looking for? Let's do a shout out. Who are we looking for? And <laughs> how do we, how do we, how do we, um, how do we make sure we get the right people? Um, I think I think yeah. Go go on to me to know. Yeah, I think we're looking out. You know, for any again, sort of. You know, there's no there's no limit yeah. to the industries and the kids. So anyone who's out there who wishes to help students, you know, I mean, this is all voluntary. That's yeah. another thing, and it's all voluntary. It's a, it, it's all charity. So anyone out there who's got that passion to help the next sort of generation, you know, if if, if you want to help give the kids an insight into your industry uh, and willing to help, J just please get in touch. Love it. But I think also, what, sorry, what we need at the moment, at the moment when we have the dentistry workshops, um, my sisters use their surgery because that's how they do the practicals. So we need dentists out there who are willing to give up their surgery for a day, stay in the surgery, help out in these venues. Um, yeah. We need halls, we need um, community halls, a venue to hold our events, and then we need professionals, journalists, architecture, um, just any kind of profession that Love is it. quite hard to get into. Get in touch and let's um, work together. Yeah, so it's the, it's the barriers to entry and, and, and kids, uh, sorry, yes. not, not kids, but young adults who are looking to get in but just don't know how, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Really interesting. Where do people find you? Where do where can they find you online? So our events are um, blasted on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, um, Instagram for the kids, and then Facebook <laughs> yeah, for the exactly. kids, right? <laughs> LinkedIn for the uh, the or else. Are we, are we on? Are we on TikTok? Yeah. Or not? Are we? Are we yeah. doing a bit of TikTok? Oh, yes. We are. <laughs> we are on TikTok. Uh, Beat you know is our TikTok queen. <laughs> uh, who, who does who does the TikToks? Kavita, amazing. <laughs> I, I I need to look you up on TikTok, Kavita, <laughs> see what you're up to. You know what? The only, I mean, the only thing, my my youngest Sophie loves a bit of TikTok, doesn't he? She's she's eleven. Um, and don't look this up because it's really embarrassing. But you you will see some really dodgy dad dancing if you ever look at Sophie's <laughs> TikTok. That is that is the extent of my TikTok um, knowledge. I mean, it'd be interesting for you. Where would you, Charlotte, as somebody who's looking for a profession and have made that choice? Where would you look for mentorship, career advice? How would that look for you? I wouldn't. No. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm. Currently, 
at uni on a course and a lot of the uh, lecturers and teachers are people who were in the profession before and are now retired and in teaching. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a start point, I think. But, like, if it's before, I wouldn't have had a clue. Yeah. So what what made you decide journalism was the the way to go then? Just love writing. Yeah. Love writing. It seems like the most economic (laughs) choice for... Yeah. If I want to keep writing for the rest of my life. That, that journalism was probably yeah. the 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 way the way to do it. Yeah. And what? But where would you where would you look for for mentors? Where would what would the platform be? Not a clue. Don't know. But clear. doing it through union and yeah. getting yeah. teachers to to. I mean, yeah, a lot of the you know lecturers are people who used to work in the mm. But I suppose the difference, right, is that they're. I mean, and again, they're doing an amazing job teaching, but. I suppose there's that element of applying the practical day-to-day skills of, of doing the job or wh- whatever profession it is today to, to compare, and that's what you guys are doing, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, and just going back to it, because our workshops, we, we try and keep the numbers as, you know, as, as probably about maximum 15. So we get we get that great one-on-one, and it's Relationship. amazing. Yeah. to see the difference in the students from when they first enter the the sort of the building in the morning the difference in their character to when they're leaving I mean they come in a bit apprehensive maybe it was a bit intimidated because everyone's got an, an image in their head haven't they of, 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 of certain professions but when they leave they are buzzing like their faces are lit up they're so motivated and passionate and enthusiastic so just to see that difference during the day it's yeah but I think part of that is humanising the individuals who are doing the jobs, right? So yeah. I think a lot of it is it feels like, uh, you know, to be a dentist or to be a yeah. surgeon or to be an accountant or to be a lawyer, for somebody who's 14, particularly yeah. from a background where they may not have seen or met with a lot of those people, seeing and realising that we're all human and like actually <laughs> exactly. we're real people. Do you think yeah. that has an impact? Oh, definitely, definitely. Um, I mean, you know, uh, most of our students are from all, all different backgrounds. So I think, uh, you know, some of them who come in and they see, you know, we're, we're quite informal in the way that we do our workshops and they see, well, actually, the, 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 the human, you know, like I said, you're the human. And, and I think being... You know, because we hit a lot of those kind of like my, you know, minority sort of tick boxes. Yeah. So we're female, you know, with an Asian background, you know, and I think, you know, we've not, we're not children off the profession. So there's not that old schoolboys network, yeah, you know, and, you know, you know, so I think for them to see that it kind of kind of instills in them that, you know what, it's possible. We can do this. You know, we can do that. And I, I think that yeah. that's a nice sort of, you know, sort of message to give them that nothing should really hold you back well thank you for the work you're doing it's brilliant i'm I'm glad that we've had the opportunity to showcase it on the podcast um and i do hope that our audience gets in touch with offers to help um or if you're a young person listening to the kindness project and looking for a mentor in a profession you get in touch too um thank you for making interviewing five people at the same time (laughs) so easy (laughs) i was nervous at the start but i think it went all right thanks guys for joining us on the kindness project that's great and thank you so much for inviting us and having us on your podcast yeah appreciate that thank you so much chris and charlotte thank you now
I think the most difficult one we've ever done, you know. What interview? Yeah, in terms of keeping it together where people are not talking over each other and stuff like that. I mean, mean, it's like, I suppose, the bigger a a Zoom call or conversation like that. It's, but you know what? There was so much insight and humour and yep. you know, perspective shared. I think it actually worked quite well. I um, think what you can really get from it, their passion for bringing through the next crop of people definitely shines <laughs> through. Sorry, well, why did you just say the word crop there, Charlotte? It's a weird analogy. Apparently that was a weird analogy, Russ. Using the word crop, what word would you have? Uh... Something that doesn't make people so much produce. <laughs> Apparently, you made people set by using the word crop. She should do it. Exactly, you're a resident wordsmith. What word would you God, use? God, I wish you guys would stop saying that. Come on, uh, resident words. Give it to a Shakespeare. Not crop, because that makes people sound like. Sweet cold. Yeah, <laughs> kind of. Right then, um, what, what would you use? I don't know. Generation is always good if a little basic, but it, you can add some stuff around and make it flouncy, like beckoning in the new generation. Beckoning in the yeah, like a resident wordsmith is it out of the park again? Yeah. Not bringing in the current crop. That's right. why she gets paid the big one. Be- I know. I know. <laughs> Beckoning in the new generation is yeah. what we're going to go for. Um, and on that note, our resident wordsmith has got a joke of the week. Um, I didn't write this one, but um, are you going to write one? 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 Once, and it went down the storm, and I haven't had a flash of inspiration like that since. Two antennas decided to get married. Ceremony was pretty boring, but the reception was great. Russ, Russ likes it. Russ likes uh, it. I've, I've, I've got another one. Go on then. Um, this, this is, this is one I've liked for a long time because it's cheesy as anything. Um, I was listening to the radio and I thought I heard the Cure. Turns out it was just the placebo. On that note, my friends, have a lovely remainder of the week or whenever you're listening to this day, um, and we'll see you on the Climate Project very, very soon. Bye. Bye.